These are exciting days. I just feel the, the sense of God's presence mounting in this place every time we meet. And expectation rises right along with it. We are just 20 days now from moving to a new ministry season that we've been working on. And I'm liking it to when the rocket, the shuttle, moves out of the hangar toward the launching pad. It's been in the hangar getting very specific work, which is likened to our summer where we've done a lot of preparation and training so that we can move to a new children's ministry model. We can start a youth service for 6th to 8th graders in addition to the Wednesday night service that includes all of our teenagers so that we can launch small groups and a third Sunday morning worship experience. Now we move out with just three Sundays in between Today and that launching Sunday, we now focus on our heart to just have the right spirit about us, a level of faith that would really trust God at the level of God and not just human ability. I want to read to you from scripture that I know that the Lord has put on my heart to really set that attitude. I'm going to read it from the NIV message paraphrase and then the New Living Translation, which is the one I use most often. So let's turn our focus now to Ephesians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, if you want to open them with me. Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 20. We'll look at verses 20 and 21. This is New International Version. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Let me pause right there and say... We can imagine a lot. God has given us this incredible gift to dream. It is phenomenal. And yet, at our greatest level of imagination for what God can do, this verse says that he's able to do immeasurably more than that. He's able to do that according to his power that is at work within us. Verse 21. So to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. That the local church would live with unlimited expectation and pass on to the next generation, not just information about God, but a story of his demonstration. So that their faith too is strong, their expectations high. Message paraphrase. God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He doesn't, not, he doesn't do this by pushing us around, but by working within us. He does this through his spirit deeply and gently within us. Now, New Living Translation. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more, infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. A.W. Tozer says, of all great moves of God in history... Of all unusual and significant works of God in the church and through the church. Have all been preceded 
by times of keen anticipation. When the people of God lifted expectation and it was connected to the operation of the Spirit, it led to the change of churches, communities, even nations. This whole idea is captured by when William Carey stood in front of a group of leaders. He pleaded with them. He said, we've got to do more to reach the lost. We've got to be more passionate for people to come to know Jesus. So he is trying to plead with these leaders to come up with a way of sending out what they called missionaries. This one man stood and he quietened William Carey and he said, listen, young man, if God wants to convert the heathen, he'll do it without you or me. William Carey was not discouraged by this naysayer. He continued to press that group and he said, listen to Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And he he recited about this God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we could ask or think. He's given us the great commission. He's this kind of incredible God. And out of William Carey's heart came this expression, this now often quoted statement that has really made a difference. And I think it's a summation of everything that we're doing, where we are, and where we're going. William Carey, out of his heart, said, We must expect great things from God, and we must attempt great things for God. I would encourage everybody in this room, uh, put that in your spirit. Let it simmer. Let it soak deep in you. We as a church must expect great things from God and we need to attempt great things for God. William Carey stayed with his passion and finally this group came together and said, we're going to answer the call. At that time, there wasn't one evangelical missionary in the world. And as a result, they said, okay, let's become ascending missional focus group. And William Carey said, I am willing to to offer. I'll I'll be the first to go. And William Carey goes to India. And over the years, thousands of people were converted to Christianity. Listen to this. 100 churches that he personally planted that became self-supporting churches. And he translated the Bible into 34 different languages and dialects. Just in his life. And he always tied what he was able to do for God back to his expectation of a God who was able to make it happen. Now, when you, when you think about expectation, it's designed by the power in the one providing and their track record of credibility. If you are trusting someone to do something, you have lifted an expectation of them You do so because you think they have the power to do what you're expecting and they have proven faithfulness. You lose the limits on your expectation if the one who's supposed to provide has the power and the credibility to follow through. So Paul says, now unto him who is able to do infinitely more immeasurably more, exceedingly and abundantly more than anything we could ask or think. So he has boundless power 
And he has a track record of faithfulness. Proven faithfulness. So we as his followers, as his church, should not be living in mediocre expectation, but in great expectation. And when great expectation is fueling the spiritual fire of a follower of Christ or a congregation, I want to tell you, the miraculous is just around the corner. Boundless power. Old Testament, God asked the question, is there anything that's too hard for me? New Testament. He says, what is impossible with men is possible with God. So the writer of Revelation, he picks up on this. And he starts the whole sentence with this universal word of praise. He writes, hallelujah. For the Lord our God omnipotent reigneth. A God of all power, boundless power. Now connect with it his proven faithfulness. Abraham, from you will come a blessing upon nations. Out of you, by your seed, the nations of the world will be blessed. And he said this at a time that not a signal or sign would point to the ability of that kind of a promise coming true. But did it happen? Because God has power and God is faithful to do what he says he will do. Sarah... You are going to give birth to Isaac. She laughed. She's over 90 years old. She's like, this can't happen. Did Sarah give birth to Isaac? Because God has boundless power and he does what he says. He's not a God, the Bible says, that he should lie. New Testament says he can't lie. Joshua, you take the people, you march around this wall. And when I give you the signal, you, you blow the trumpet and let out a shout. There had never been in warfare tactics a battle won because people lifted their voice and blew a trumpet. And as Joshua and his people march around that wall, because they are living unto a God with boundless power, a God who does what he says, when they shouted and blew the trumpet, the wall of Jericho came tumbling down. Jesus, that... One born of a virgin. It's called incarnation, which was prophesied. It was prophesied where he would be born. It was prophesied how he would be born. And by the boundless power and the faithfulness of God, it happened. Then Jesus, living out the prophecies that had been spoken hundreds of years before, is now living out as that sinless sacrifice who would be found worthy to die in our place. The one who had all power, who declared he was the Messiah, really confused and upset the Pharisees, but was influencing city after city and lost person after lost person was being swept right into the kingdom of God. And then he dies. But the promise would be he would rise on the third day. And did he rise? Yes, he did because God has infinite power and he's faithful to do what he says he will do. Therefore... Why would we live in mediocre expectation if our God has the power and the credibility to fulfill the promise? Imagine you as a follower of Christ and all of us as a church living with unlimited expectation. 
Let me take you into a couple of personal things that have happened just recently. Yesterday, I'm out on our, our 55-acre park. If, you don't, if you're new here, just three miles away, we have a park. It's an incredible park. You're invited. Great place to be. A lot of activity. We have different sports seasons that go on. We have football fields, baseball fields, soccer fields. It's a great place, and we purchased it just over a year ago. I'd been the pastor here for just about a month, and this came on the radar screen. And I felt the hesitancy in my heart on the one side that we should be doing this because I was a brand-new pastor. But it resonated with the leaders of the church who had been in this church for years. And then as we began to pray about this in different circles, it, it was resonating. And in my heart, on the promise side, I felt like it could be a place that could influence the community. Where over time, tens of thousands of people would come onto that property for various reasons. And through those reasons, there could be a, a witness of, of God's love and power. And, and so, you know, I, I'm starting to see this when it was way overgrown and not anywhere close to being useful. Yet, you, you began to see the vision as we heard God in our heart. And so, we purchased the park. And we started last year about this time with our first uh, Summit Christian Academy football game. It was incredible. Came through our summer softball league. And yesterday we had a preseason elementary football tournament. There was over a thousand people out at the park. So I'm walking around looking at all of these people and all the good things that were happening. I was really thankful. But I was also surprised. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit convicted me as if to say, Why are you surprised? This is what you prayed for. And he began to show me that, that I've been praying, but not praying and believing. That therefore my expectations are too low. He began to take me back through this verse that I would preach to you today. Who do you think you're praying to? We, we launched out to buy the park at a time where the financial uncertainty was hitting our country. And the Lord began to say, who's provider here? Who, who's out in front? Whose church is this? Who really cares about this city? Who really cares about the hearts and souls? It, it, who are you dealing with? Who do you think you're praying to? So he let me know it's appropriate to be thankful. But I was almost insulting him to be surprised that he would do what we prayed he would do. We came through this great softball season, and on the first game, I met this great guy who was an umpire, and uh, I really wanted him to come to church. Now, you know that that's a miracle if I want the umpire to come to church. <laughs> usually, I wouldn't. Matter of fact, I don't think there's a place in the family of God for people like that. <laughs> They're at the mercy of God. But this one was different. This is a great guy. And I uh, got to know him, and by the end of the season, Kelly's in a conversation, find out he's from my hometown, Pine Bluff. And uh, just wonderful person, tried to keep communication now that the softball season's over. And I just want to tell you how honored I am that today, Derek and his wife, Felicia, are here with us in church. Raise your hand. Uh, yes, you can be saved right now. I see that hand. And they're just great people, and they're here and it's like, it's what we prayed for. But I have to tell you, as I knew they were coming, I was so thankful. But I was also surprised. 
The Lord is like convicting me. One last one. On Thursday, I preached a funeral for a 29-year-old wonderful person who died in a tragic accident. He was saved back on May 16th. He was saved at the Salvation Army. He had never come to this church but had connections with people in the church and they said, could we, could we offer to the family? They don't have a church to have the funeral here. And we said, sure. And they asked me to do the service. And so I went over and was meeting with his family and his wife said, there's one request. Here's the way we'd like the service to go. But whenever you say whatever it is you're going to say, would you give people an opportunity to accept Jesus? And I said, I'll do it. So I had a couple of days to prepare and I'm thinking and praying in my heart. And I said, now, Lord, give me the words to say. And Lord, I, I am believing that when I give that opportunity for people to accept you, that there will be a response. So the time came. We'd gone through the whole service. It's now time for me to speak. And I stepped right in front of this pulpit, uh, just tried to be as in connection with that group of people. There's about 400 people here. And I talked to them about life. I talked to them about death. I talked to them then about the decision that Tom made on May 16th, which is allowing him to dwell in the house of the Lord forever which is the last verse of Psalm 23 that they had printed in the, the program. So I'm talking about that, and I, I came to the point, now would you close your eyes, and I want to give you an opportunity. You've never made this choice before to accept Christ as your personal Savior, as did Tom on May 16th. If you would like to do that, I want to invite you right now to raise your hand. Hands shot up all over this place. And then a family member comes to me that afternoon and says, 39 people have come up to me and told me that they accepted Jesus Christ today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to confess to you, I was very thankful, and I was also surprised. And that was it. It's like the Lord, was, was, he, the Lord had had enough. And it's like... Who do you think you're praying to? And he made clear to me, he said, I've assigned you at the assembly to be a leader with great expectation. Not to have mediocre expectation. I have got plans for the assembly. Plans to give them a great future, to have great influence, and you can't lead in my great plans unless you have great expectations. Be delivered from mediocre expectations. I can do immeasurably, infinitely more than you could ever imagine. Release the church to pray big, to dream big, to pray and expect, to lift their expectation so that when you launch on September the 12th, you do so with unlimited expectation. In my own heart, I was convicted that it's an insult to God to have low or mediocre expectation. He is a God who can do in anything, so only great expectation move into the realm of God. Anything else is an insult. He's a creator. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. He can do anything. May the church get a passion to dream and dream big. Give him a praise this morning if you believe he's a great God. Hallelujah. William Carey did not look at the size of his obstacle, but the size of his God. And if the local church will look at the greatness of our God rather than the size of our obstacle, then we'll pray, believe, and receive. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says... 
Call unto me. I'll answer you, says the Lord. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. In other words, greater than anything you could imagine or expect. When David went out on the battlefield to fight Goliath, he made this statement. Today, the Lord will give you over into my hands and I am going to cut your head off. David went on the battlefield expecting God to give him the victory. He wasn't wondering. He had felt the leading of God to step out in faith expecting And he even went on to say, the same God that gave over into my hands the lion and the bear is the same God that's going to give me this giant. For the battle is the Lord's. Oh, for the local church to move out in the future with that kind of faith, you'll see the giant come down, the name of the Lord glorified, and the church making the difference that God has assigned for us to make. William Carey never wanted this statement, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God to just be that of a, of a congregation, but to be the worldview of every follower of Christ in your own life, in your own pursuit, to have this kind of passion in your soul. I want to quote for you A.W. Tozer, who has had a profound influence on my life through his books, and notice what he says. True faith is never found alone. It is always accompanied by expectation. The person who believes the promises of God always expects to see them fulfilled. One characteristic that makes the average Christian today that that makes the average Christian today is a lack of expectation. One characteristic that marks the average Christian today is a lack of expectation. When we pray, we do not expect anything unusual to happen. Consequently, nothing does. Now here's what stirs. This is my prayer. What we as Christians need today is a fresh spirit of anticipation. Capture the metaphor. The church coming out of preparation over this summer. Moving to the launch pad with a spirit of anticipation. Great things are going to happen. Life change, deliverance, the work of God, the work of His kingdom. When the shuttle launches, there are certain anchors that begin to release. The fuel ignites and it moves to the next level. All of those restrictions, all of those things that would seek to have its hold on us, may they lose their hold. As we move our focus from the size of the challenge to the greatness of our God. A.W. Tozer says this fresh spirit of anticipation, it, it comes from a certain place. One that springs strong out of the promises and character of God. Think of the promises of God. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. God will never fail. God has never lost a battle. God will not fail you. You cannot, will not lose the prolonged spiritual battle. It's impossible. You're more than a conqueror. You're on the winning side. God is on your side. Every enemy has been defeated. Heaven is awaiting. Right now is purpose and power to do whatever God has called us to do. Let the promise of God 
caused there to be a springing forth, a spirit of anticipation, the character of God. When there seemed to be no way, God made a way, rehearsed the stories, Red Sea, Lion's Den, Fiery Furnace. God showed up and God made a way where there seemed, that's the nature and the character of God. He is a way maker. He is a provider. So the wind blew when Moses was standing there at the Red Sea. There was a ram in the bushes when Isaac, when Moses or Abraham had gone to the top of Mount Moriah to sacrifice his only son. There was a virgin willing to be used of God and to receive that word of the Holy Spirit so she could give birth to the Messiah. Her name is Mary. Is anything too hard for God? Look at the character of God. Provider, way maker, sustainer, healer, deliverer, savior. It's the nature of God. So be released from low expectation. If you're praying for something, then believe. Other than that, prayer is nothing more than consolation. God is not just there to console. He is there to change, transform. He is there to do what his word says that he can do. Can you imagine what will happen in this place if we have a springing forth of a fresh spirit of anticipation? That's why the psalmist said, I was so glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of God because good things were happening. There was something to praise him for. I want to tell you, when we, when we turn our hearts in this way, we then are going to do something that's very important. We're going to pass on the baton of leadership to the next generation. And it's not just going to be information about God. It's going to be a God who is active. A God who does the incredible, who does immeasurably more. Don't you believe we must hand off the leadership baton of this church to the next generation with faith in God who can do anything? Talk to me this morning. We've got a community that needs God. We have a world that needs God. And mediocre, low expectation will not release the power of God through the people of God to do the work of God. I'm going to preach now. Then what we end up doing is we try to do church apart from God. We use our own ability. We use technology. We say, look at our building and check out our budget. Instead of saying, unless the Lord builds this house, then those who labor, labor in vain come Holy Spirit because you are the deliverer hallelujah hallelujah God can do anything I'm just believing for a thousand people to be in small groups that's just initial so that means we're going to have to open up a hundred homes with at least ten adults in them That that will triple the number of people or adults that we have in small groups and in discipleship right now and I am absolutely convinced that it's going to happen and then we'll believe God for 2,000 adults in small groups we're going to have three morning services and I want to tell you as we were having worship I was watching because I was down here praying and when I wasn't praying for someone I was just kind of praying for you and I watched as people were brought in by the ushers looking for seats because when everyone's standing it looks like a full house there's a lot of people here And the 9 o'clock service is going to be capacity. And this service is going to be capacity. And the 12 o'clock service is going to be capacity. Because that is nothing for our God. He's able to fill every seat. He's able to meet every need. He's got the resources. All we have to do is attach our belief at a God level rather than a human level. Get chained up. 
to a great expectation for your business. Believe. God's put you in that business. I had a person come up to me after the morning service and say, just as a, as a word to resonate with your sermon, here in this, this time of uncertainty, I've gotten a promotion and a raise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because God's not restricted. You can make sales that you never thought you could make. You can have advancement that you thought was impossible. I want to tell you, marriages that are breaking apart can be reconciled because our God is in the reconciliation business. The worst sinner, just whoever they are, I mean, how do you, how do you measure? We're all sinners saved by grace. But I mean, if there's one out there, you're thinking, he'll never get saved. He's just the person that God can redeem just like he did Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. You know someone, they've cycled in and out of rehab. It just seems that they will never reach that place to where they fall on the grace of God. They're addicted. They're always going to be addicted. No, they're not because there is a God who can do immeasurably more than anything that we could ask or imagine. We will live to see that person set free, put in their right mind. Your finances are a wreck. Just hang in there. Work the plan. God will give you wisdom. God will give you strength. And you will live to see a day where you're saying, I don't know how it happened, but God has provided. Don't you give up. Don't throw in the towel. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. He'll anoint our head with oil. Our cup runneth over. And then one day we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Until then, God's not out of business or insecure or ignoring where we are. He's not caught by surprise at breaking news. God is in control. And if we will trust and obey, we will see the salvation of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. Pray and keep praying. Hmm. I hear in my heart where the Lord said, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And it will be opened unto you. I'm telling you, if we leave it at the level of, I think God could provide you a date on Friday night. I, I think God could cure up the common cold. That's going to happen anyway. we got to move to the level of great things. So much of what we pray for, God just engineered your body. It's going to take care of it. Lift to where we're praying. For the scripture to be translated into languages that don't have the gospel. Until we figure out how to get the light to shine in the heart of these people that live right across the street and across the community. That need Jesus. Living in Bible world. Church on every corner and as cold to God as they could possibly be. And we must find our expectation first of all that God can transform them. And then out of that expectation will come attempts. Because when you expect great things from him, you'll begin to attempt great things for him. And the rest is a testimony of what God has done. I say declare war on non-expectation. I say remember that every great move of God in all history, all significant moves of God in and through the church were preceded by king 
anticipation, where the expectation of the people were matched with the operation of the Spirit, and transformation was the result. What are you praying for that's big? What are you believing for that is big? If it's a number, then put a zero on the end of it. Look at what that, if, if you believe in God for 100, put a zero. Now it's 1,000. Well, put another zero. Now we're up to 10,000. Uh, uh, do that with your expectations. Take them up to a God level. Now, if you try to, to get in the flesh with this, I know you always got to qualify stuff because we got Christian television. Where they take a message like this of the concrete word of God to the people of God to lift the expectation of the people of God where we're moving in faith believing that we might receive salvation of souls, deliverance of the bound, the influence of the kingdom of God. We take this and we put it down on a level where we're believing for things we don't even need so we can impress people we don't like. That's not what we're trying to do here. That's not my heart at all. I'm saying believing for that which would be in accordance with his will and watch out because nothing can stop that promise from happening. Nothing can stop that promise from coming true. Well, I would love to keep going, but I think the point is clear. Let's believe and let's step out until we look around and say, you know what? We're walking on water. And we're not surprised because we pray. We're really grateful, like really grateful. Like Derek, I'm really grateful. You and Felicia are here. I really am. And I know I didn't meet you. I know I didn't meet you by accident. And I want to see miracle after miracle where I'm not surprised. It was a setup. God just needed some people to partner with his mission. Who are you going to witness to this week? Who are you going to show the love of God to this week? What many acts of compassion will you do this week? What will you pray and believe and come walking into this place or running, because we allow that, into this place and saying, you aren't going to believe what God's, and I'll say, oh, yes, I would. Last Sunday, I wouldn't, but this Sunday, I... I'm not surprised. Tell me what God, and it's just one miracle after another for his glory that God uses to turn a community to him. Give him a praise this morning. He's worthy of his Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel like the devil is in trouble. I feel like this church is ready to go to the next level. I feel like tomorrow's going to be better than today. I believe something great is about to happen because we have a great God. Why don't you stand and give him a great praise this morning? We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. You are a great and a mighty God. We clap our hands unto you, a God of all glory and power. We praise you today. You're with us. You're among us. You will influence through us. Now, with every head bowed and eye closed, before I pray for us as followers of Christ to have the right heart, I don't want to miss a person. I don't want you to not be included in this. You see, on Thursday morning, 39 people experienced the greatest miracle there is this side of heaven. That's the miracle of salvation. That same miracle can happen in your heart. 
If you have never asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart, but today you realize you are desperate for him, his leadership, his love in your heart and life, you want to surrender and submit to him and say, forgive my sins and make me a new person and lead me into this relationship of change and future. That is your desire. And I want to ask you to raise your hand right now. Raise it quickly. I'm looking across this place. Come on, raise it. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand, your hand. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want us all to say this prayer. I want you to repeat it after me. Everybody here will repeat it as an encouragement to you because this great miracle is about to occur in your life and then this relationship begins and we'll be here to help you take those steps and to understand those steps and to walk this, this journey with God together. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I need you. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Make me a new person. You died on a cross for me. Gave your life. Rose again. That I might be saved. You took my place. Paid the price. That I could be forgiven. And changed. From this day forward. I will build this relationship with you. Learn what it is to follow you. Thank you for grace. Amazing grace that has saved me today. Amen. Amen. And Lord, in this atmosphere, we're just overwhelmed and thankful. And every one of us standing in this room, there's something in front of us that requires a great expectation. deliver us from any limit that we've placed on you Holy Spirit move us out to that launching pad with an attitude of faith for my friend who is in this room facing something even this weekend they they need just that Deposit of your strength to believe. Do it now. For students to senior adults, minister in a very personal way. For us as a faith family, as the assembly, may we be so focused upon the size of our God, the greatness of our God, until in light of who you are, we see the giants and we declare in faith that they will come down. We step out in faith and allow you to be God. Holy Spirit, somebody in this room needs to dream again and to dream big. They are forgiven. It's a new day. No matter what has happened in the past, this is a new day. The future is before them filled with promise filled with challenge but it's where they'll learn about you and themselves and about the power of God and your promise now God Holy Spirit I ask may there be springing up in every one of us a spirit of anticipation that comes from your promise and your character 
I pray that. I need that. I ask for that. We are desperate for that. Until we are excited about our God who is showing himself strong and changing things and changing people. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that which we can even ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. To him be glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. And let the church say, Amen. Let's praise Him one more time. He is a great God. Hallelujah. Have a great afternoon. We'll be back tonight at 6. You are more than welcome. God bless you.